The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Today, believe it or not, is the 20th of August, 2018. Everyone knows, stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner, I am a champion, and I am unstoppable. Why? Because when you speak to yourself that way... And obviously, it takes a minimum of 28 days to make some changes in your subconscious mind. You start seeing the things that you want to go after. These are things that have to be done. And you can go back and listen to a lot of my solo shows and other shows. And we are specifically getting into this more and more. I have Steve Cotter on this afternoon. And um, we're going to do a very interesting show called The Price of Courage. And I know we're going to get into this deeply, and we are getting into this more and more. But that's what you want to do. Also, too, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Um, download our brand new, well, our product's been out for a while. It's called Winners and Champions, Inc. That's 14 modules that we use here at the FBC Stone and Steel Yard. Look, I've been using these things on and off for 15 years. We're going to add more of them. There's enough there to work a lifetime. I mean, if you like dips, if you like stone lifting, if you like sandbag lifting, if you love power rack training, a lot of that stuff is not taught anymore. Or if it's taught, a lot of it is incorrect. Um, And just keep in tune because there's going to be an awful lot more on the power rack and obviously all the stone stuff because I started yesterday getting ready no matter what whenever I'm going back over there, which... If it's not by the end of the year, it'll be on Martin Janzik's birthday in May. We'll be going and meeting in Iceland. So stay tuned, everyone. Also, too, we talk about prosperity consciousness. That is investing in FBC and M&M. It goes right to my PayPal account. There's a $25, $50, and $100 uh, uh, investment. Look, I know what we've done for people and what we're doing. Um, Invest in us and anything you give, we appreciate here. Also, too, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Go out. We're close to a 1,000 shows in four years that we will be up September 27th. I couldn't be more proud of not only the work that I've done here, but all the help and the people and the family that are in here with me. It's just outstanding stuff. Also, too, um, sign up for a free newsletter. That goes right to my PayPal account on MotivationMuscle.com. And you know when you sign up, you get loads of content. Also, too, investment again. Come on in here and advertise with us. That is a hell of an investment. I'm going to be here 30 years, and I will work with you any way we can. As long as you're legit and you want to pull your end, we're going to have a great 30 years together. And the only way you will get a hold of me is via my phone number, my personal cell number, business. I will not do it any other way because it's a sign of respect to speak to people. And that way you don't have to fool around with email or any of that. You know, direct what they want or if they don't want to work with you or you don't want to work with them. It's a great way to do things, and I think it's the most respectful way. And that's what my father taught me, and that's what I go with. So, Also, too, go out to our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company. Real men, real power, real strength. And on that note, you know my feeling. I love bringing in new people here. And we got Nate Harvey coming in here momentarily. Um, I saw, I don't remember where I saw what Nate had, but Nate is a friend of a friend of all of ours who's on the show, the great, the great Clint Darden. And you know my feeling on Clint, I, I, I think the world of Clint, um, and especially all the stuff he's facing all the time, he's just outstanding with a capital O. So I sent a note to Clint. <clears throat> 
and told him about Nate, and he goes, you got to talk to him. He said, he has been fantastic to me. So, you know, I would have contacted him anyways, but when you get uh, that type of recommendation from a guy that I respect, you know damn well I'm going to contact him. But before I bring Nate in, I'm going to give you a little information on this gentleman. Number one, he holds a master's in science, a CSCS. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, okay, that's a certified strength and conditioning specialist, all right? Big stuff. Now, Nate's joined the elite FTS team as an executive equipment specialist, and he brings a lot of knowledge behind him. He also, this is real outstanding what he's been into, too. Um, He's got the history. He's a former head strength coach of Olympic sports at the State University of New York at Buffalo, which is not far from where I am, which is outstanding right there. Um, So he's had incredible success there, all right? And also, too, he's 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 also a strength and conditioning consultant for the New York Jets. So, I mean, look at the tie here. You know, we're upstate Albany, you know, the Jets – Buffalo, it's all there. Also, too, this guy is quite accomplished as a power lifter. Um, these are some of his big lifts. Number one, he's a 1,000-pound squatter, which is incredible. 750-pound bencher and a 750-pound deadlift. Um, this guy here, you know, and I'm going to give out, obviously, how to get a hold of him, too. Um, if you want to get a hold of him for any of your equipment needs, Go out to um, your email account and hit nharvey at EliteFTS.com. So it would be N-H-A-R-V-E-Y at EliteFTS.com. With that in mind, welcome in, brother. Um, Welcome to the family. It is exceptional to have you in, and it's an honor, sir. Thanks, Eric. I really appreciate the, uh, the intro and you having me on. I might, I might have you uh, come out to some of my seminars. And that's a better intro than I can do. Uh, you know something? Um, I'll tell you this right now, Nate. One of the big things that we're looking at down the road is, um, you know, we want to get groups of uh, people involved in the show, and we want to go out and, and do speaking tours. I don't know how many a year, and obviously that's going to be costly, but that's on the agenda too, and we have just started forming um, – well, they'll call it, if you go back to the old days of um, Think and Grow Rich when they called it a mastermind group, we're, we're starting to construct a group now called the Electric Mind. And basically, cool. well, you know, and it's like you guys, linking up with reputable people and working for each other. And obviously, we want to see everyone um, make as much currency as they can um, and keep pushing forward what we want to do here and that's the thing with m&m we're going to keep taking this big board here this big show and keep expanding it and growing it and we'll get into some of this because we talked about the kids but why don't you give out any websites um anything that's coming up in your life or with elite fts and we'll get started on our welcome to the family show my friend Sure. Um, like you mentioned, I have the coach's log on EliteFTS.com. Um, got the Instagram and Twitter thing. It's uh, Nate Harvey 2600. Um, and then obviously uh, Facebook page too, kind of like everybody else. Yep. Uh, but those those are the main places to find me. Okay. Um, this is, this is going to be interesting because it, this really um... – it, it really develops the person that just has come in and joined our show and our family because, you know, I, I'm cocky enough to say I'm figuring you're going to like this enough and we're going to be able to get you back, I hope, on a regular basis because this is what we're looking for. Established people that are looking at a little bit more in life and, and this is how we take the message and get it out. And I ask this question to everybody and it's a great breaker. What got you involved in physical culture? And, you know, I know a lot of people will say parents might be the big guy walking down the street with the 18-inch arms and no legs or comic books. And I'll just tell you briefly, it was my brother Jimmy who died of Duchenne muscular dystrophy and the Incredible Hulk. It goes back to those two things that, at 10 years old, 
got me into physical culture, even though I didn't have a clue to what the hell any of it was. But those were the two things. So what got you into physical culture, my friend? Um, very similar, you know, just being a little kid and watching sports and stuff. Um, it's like my favorite athletes were always like the biggest, freakiest guys. Yeah. You know, it was just, I don't know what it was, but it was always drawn to that. And then, um, so I started training when I was 12. Yep. Um, and then, uh, like my dad kind of saw where my interests were going and stuff, you know, so we, we went and got the first, um, the first, uh, what was the, the weeder bench from Sears. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had yep. that for had that for a couple of years, and then finally in ninth grade, got like an actual like uh, Olympic set up in uh, my bedroom and stuff. So, yep. but yeah, I was always just wanting to be bigger and faster than having the the interest in sports. You know, wanting to perform better myself. But mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. time, it's almost like the training itself becomes is as enjoyable as a sport, maybe even more so. You yeah. know what I mean? Getting oh. ready for the sport kind of start. You kind of start to realize how much you like that. Yeah. Over time. Uh, um, you know, this is this is one of the big things we're really stressing now about physical culture, how it's, you know, not only the gym, it's it's the standards you keep, it's what you're eating, how you're sleeping. Obviously, that's all part of it. But my feeling now more so than ever is we see the condition well, – well, we know this is all over the world because I, I talk to all the other guys and girls and they're telling me the same thing. And I know that you know because we made reference to it offline. The thing right now, I feel, this is just me talking, um, and, and, I, and, I, and I feel a big reason about doing this is we see so many kids at such young ages in trouble physically. Um, and not only that, they're very soft. Um, not a lot is expected of them, and my mother, being a nurse, can tell me firsthand how many of these kids are diabetic and on Ritalin because she worked, you know, she had worked prior for years in the school system here. Um, what is your feeling right now? I mean, you see plenty, I'm sure. Where are we right now in America? as far as physicality goes, and I know it goes right across the board, but let's just hit on kids right now. What are you seeing in, in your adventures out there? It's, um, I mean, you kind of nailed it, but like, to me, like you always hear people complain about the millennials and stuff. Yeah. Or like, we're talking about kids right now. Yep. Well, the problem is the parents. Yeah. You know, don't let your kids sit on the iPad for six hours a day. Yeah. You know, go, get off your own ass mm-hmm. and go out and you know yep. help them play a little bit you know it's it kind of comes down from the top like anything else yep um and it's you're right it's um a lot of sedentary kids um and then the like the riddling thing again goes back to the parents like yep maybe maybe like maybe your kid's not a adhd maybe he's just a normal six-year-old boy yeah yep. you know look, yeah. little boys are fucking maniacs yeah they are <laughs> they they're Can't not, sit still. They're not designed to sit. Yeah, they're not designed to sit in the school for eight hours a day. Yeah, like something. You know, there's. It's like you're right. Something's got to change, and it's. I think uh, just getting our kids more active can can help quite a bit. Well, you know, you know, as a kid and and myself, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago, but it was a lot different. And my parents, I mean, obviously, everybody, you know, neighborhoods have changed, all that, especially here in Albany. Um. But everybody pretty much knew everybody. We all went to the same school. We usually walked together, et cetera, et cetera. And my parents, you know, we were involved in everything, little league, football, whatever it was, whether it was street football, street hockey. And my parents were always like, look, you guys got to get up and go out because we'd be driving them crazy, you know, especially during (laughs) summer vacation, right? But the attitude here was – very different from a lot of it what i see today you know we were only allowed to watch so much tv and we didn't really even care about it other than cartoons at that point um unless it was like the a team or something like that you know and i can remember you know doing everything and the and the thing that was really unique was this nate we took my brother jimmy everywhere i mean he was wheelchair bound at that point 
that guy, other than being in a wheelchair, I mean, there was nowhere he didn't go with us. And, I mean, we didn't go like a block or two from the house. We'd be ten blocks up the road, you know? Right. And, and, and you know, there was never any weight issues. I mean, my parents were never heavy. I mean, they were average, you know, good shape, et cetera, et cetera. They were both athletic, my father more so. But what are you going to do when your mother's got five kids and tying her down, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What did you see in your childhood and, and your family and your father, obviously, because we talked about the Olympics, the Olympic lifting bar and all that and the benches. And what what was it about your neighborhood, your father, your family, the other families? Was it similar to what I was or what, what were you dealing with at that point as a younger boy? Uh, very similar to what you said. Um, you know, my dad was always big into sports and would kind of seems like thinking back a lot of the you know life lesson type things he would relate to him playing sports you know because we were always playing sports so i knew that he was into it and you know for the most part he would take time you know i wanted to shoot hoops shoot hoops and stuff and but um like but a small town in our neighborhood like we just played all day long okay we had um there was one neighbor kid who had a pretty big backyard and we were you know god bless his parents we were over there 24 (laughs) 7 oh yeah you know, they had to kick us out to, for us to go home and have dinner at night yep. and stuff. And yep. it was just all day we were doing stuff. You know, in the morning it was basketball. Until, and then we'd go home for lunch. We'd come back. It was football. Yep. So it was just constantly nonstop. It w- that was a lot of fun. I can remember when we used to, there was a um, rink about two blocks from my house. They'd freeze it. And we'd be out no matter what the weather was. And, you know, we've got nothing on us covering and I can remember we were playing with an NHL puck, and there were there were no rules. I mean, the idea was you get down that rink and score. And I can tell you, man, not only were there fights all over the place, but you get you get a stick across the legs, or you get hit with that puck. But you know what? It was fun stuff. It it was just it was so different, and I loved it. Um, what you know? Let's start moving in now. Obviously, to all that you've accomplished. Um. But I want to ask you this question first, obviously. How much do you feel physical culture rode you into the direction you wanted to go, not only as a man, but, you know, obviously you loved it enough because of what, you, what you're doing now, what you accomplished prior to this, and whatever it is you're looking at future-wise. How much did that send you in the direction you feel you are right now? Uh, it, it was huge. I mean, I kind of talk about this when I go to seminars and stuff. Um, like I, I started training at 12 mm-hmm. and I think it was around the time I was 14 or whatever. Um, my dad kind of saw where my interests were going and stuff. And he mentioned like, Hey, you know, there's a, a job where people are a strength coach and then yep. that's how they, that's their career. And it was really was like, from that point, like, that's what I wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. I knew when I was 14, I wasn't, you know, a hundred percent sure what that all entailed, but he was like, yeah, you work with athletes in the weight room and make them bigger and faster and stronger. And yep. so I was like, from that point, like, that's what I was doing, yep. you know? And I just kind of knew. So going through high school, going through college, that was, you know, always in the back of my mind. But yeah. I, I mean, do. that's what I'm going to do. Well, yeah. And that, that is amazing because, um, we have a gentleman on here, Gareth Denyer, who owns a gym down in, um, texas hcp barbell and he's doing a lot of online stuff now and he's been around for quite a while um i i believe he's graduated out of that gym like 100 division one high school football players um he's quite accomplished and he told me a similar thing and myself too his father's a medical doctor but he said at four years old his father started pushing him into the gym, you know, doing light things with him and all that. But mm-hmm. he knew at that point this is what he wanted to do with his life. You know, his father obviously taught him about nutrition, taught him the proper way to work with barbells and dumbbells and body weight and all that. And here he is today, like a lot of us, where something that most people would take just as a hobby and do it for a while and then shove it off to the curb, you know, we've taken it now and we want to make, obviously, our livelihoods forever with it. Because it's just so interesting to deal with the, so many facets. Not only the physical end, it's like I'm enjoying 
more so probably the mental end than ever now with people because I really like to see where have they been, what do they believe, who are they surrounding themselves with, and what are their intentions for the rest of their life, even though you can't say it directly the next 20 years, but you can sure as hell put together a plan and change it along the line. What I mean, you see so many players, and I mean, you, you like Gareth have dealt with pro pro football players and other pro athletes, I'm sure. And he tells me all kinds of stuff. What do you even see in these guys? Because I'm sure a lot of them are pretty screwed up in a lot of ways. What is it across the board that you see? Is there a consistent common denominator and from the street guy to the kid to the pro athlete, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I, I think like the, the biggest thing with the college kids, a lot yeah. of them don't understand – kind of what it what it is to train yeah and i almost want to say work hard you know those kind of go hand in hand and and people always say well they come in and they're lazy well no they don't they don't know anybody they don't know right they weren't lucky you know and i talked about i used to talk about this with my old assistant um like how lucky we were because we've both been around some really good people in the like the strength game mm-hmm. and I, and i was at that point kind of starting to go out and talk to people yep and i was like dude a lot of people don't know the stuff we know just because they aren't around the people we are right so kind of you kind of see the same thing with the like the kids coming into school like they've always been a good athlete they've always played their sport they probably practice hard you know they work hard at their sport but they don't understand mm-hmm. how what the hard work in the weight room how much that can help them mm-hmm. you know and they don't understand the attention to detail and all that other stuff that comes with it what, so what, it's like yeah it, well no. you know you know what it is it, it, there's a lot of people that are exceptional but you know if they're not geared or mentored especially in the you know the the mental and the mechanical way of doing things um the, all that talent's not going to really matter and yeah. you and I probably you especially has probably seen a lot of outstanding athletes once they get hurt Maybe they come back. I mean, I've seen with all types of sports, they might come back and succeed, but a lot of them just mentally are broken at that point. Um, we see that a lot. I, I have Mike Gillette on here, and we, you know, he he trains a lot of young girls in gymnastics. And one of the things that we talked about is this constant push, especially because they feel they're young, they can feel they can beat the crap out of them, basically. And what yeah. ends up happening, they get hurt, and they mentally – and maybe they don't want to do it anymore, and that's it. They're broken, and they don't come back, and it, it's too bad. I mean, you know, people say, well, there's no guarantees. Well, I hate those two words. Um, I'm not saying we can guarantee anybody anything, but – there are signs that you see with athletes that you might have to put the brakes on and figure out what's going on. That's all. Um, next question is this. What got you, obviously, in the powerlifting? And I want to talk to you, obviously, about, you know, working with the Jets, why you came to Elite and all that. But I want to, I want to get some more about you. So what got you into that next step of powerlifting? Um, I always, like I've touched on earlier you know just like the big freaky strong athletes you know it's kind of about halfway through college football um and i'm I'm seeing these numbers that people are moving i'm just like how do you like how does someone do that because i'm you know i'm in college and an athlete and you know squatting mid fives or whatever and all this stuff and i'm seeing the numbers that like guys that are 165 are putting up oh yeah i'm just like that is ridiculous you know so that kind of really kicked and we had a couple guys on the team too that um competed in high school and were real strong and so i was like i I think when i'm done i would like to get into this and you know try to push towards that and see see if i can get anywhere close to those Mm -hmm. those numbers and stuff and that's that's kind of what got me into it initially um and then actually Going into my going into my senior year in college, we didn't have a strength coach. So I was yep. always kind of like, you know, it was Division three, didn't have a strength coach. So I was always kind of looking for the next whatever the best, prog, you know, magic program was. Yep. Um, and uh, I saw an article where Mike Allstott, remember that fullback yeah. for the Bucks? Yeah. I was like, how is he training? Because the dude was massive, you know, yeah, ran, like a, ran like a tailback, was yep. crushing people. Yep. So uh, I saw an article where he was benching with um, – benching and squatting with chains on the bar yep so that kind of led me on a search and i stumbled onto some stuff by louie and then dave yep and that's where my whole kind of conjugate journey started there and then 
going into my senior year, I, I ran the conjugate system. Um, I'm sure I screwed it up, but I had kind of the basics down. <laughs> yep. And then senior year was like the best I ever felt, the healthiest I ever felt, you know, explosive. So that was kind of started that journey. And then when I was done playing, I was like, okay, I got to do something. I can't just, you know, go play rec league basketball or whatever. Right, like, right. I mean, we we got to do something with the weights. So that's kind of how I got down that path. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, and, and another guy I can remember seeing as a little kid, you know, Mark Bavaro. You remember when he had the uh, oh, yeah. sewer lids on, basically, on the <laughs> Olympic? I mean, yeah, outstanding stuff. You know, that's why when we talk about you see these guys, like, come out of nowhere pretty much. You know, maybe they're out in the woods training for years. You know, uh, yeah. awkward objects, uh, things that most people don't even have a clue to using and we know that when we're using stuff like that ligament and tendon and bone strength just go through the roof i mean that's one of the main reasons nate i really like the whole strongman circuit because um regardless if you're going to compete or not the um i think the I I, th- I think the uh, pluses are much more than the minuses. I mean, all right, I, like a lot of people, have been hurt doing it. I blame it on myself. I take full responsibility. I think my left arm was cocked when I went to pull that stone, and we know if your arms aren't straight and there's a flaw somewhere, maybe you haven't trained the biceps hard enough or the arms hard enough, um, you lift that thing wrong, it doesn't matter who you are, there's a very good chance you're going to get a tear. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I did I like – no, who likes who wants to get injured, anything like that, in surgery? But that's the way it went. You learn, you become wiser and smarter with it. And I think that's the whole thing with everything. That's why I love the rack. I love to be able to – well, not only do full lifts, obviously, but when you're doing these short lifts, the mid-range, to me, is the hardest point of the rack – other people say it's easy. I said it's not the way we have it set up. I mean, you are building this strength that, you know, as Dr. Ken Leisner used to say, I loved it when he used to always say, you're walking strong. And you are yeah. walking strong when you're doing stuff like that. Right. Um, you can comment on any of that. But, you know, the next thing I want to ask you, too, and, and just hold that thought if you have one, um, you know, obviously a strength coach for the Jets is no small matter. Um, obviously training Olympic athletes, the Olympic lifters, that's all big stuff too. And I want to hit upon that now. But what's really interesting, I I really want to know how did you get hooked into Elite FTS. But let's talk a little bit, obviously, how did you get, How how with all this progression now we're doing here and these big, huge power lifts, how did you get in with the Jets then before university? Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, Actually, um that was kind of while I was at Buffalo. Oh, okay. Um, okay. It's actually one of my former college teammates. Uh, he's the head guy down there now. Um, and I was starting to kind of go out and do seminars and stuff. And he's like, Hey, you do seminars. And like, I'd like to bring you in and do some consulting, kind of look at our program and, you know, nice. we together in college a little bit and stuff. And, um, at that point I was actually kind of starting to get onto elite. Like I mentioned with the chains yep. and stuff and, yep. You know, so even back in college, we were kind of doing stuff different. He's like, yeah, I'd like to bring you in, come on down, do some some consulting and stuff. So that's how that kind of all started. Okay. Um, But it it was cool, you know, because, like, in college, you know, we were, like, the meathead group, you know. We we all trained together and busted each other's ass. Yep. Uh, Yep. And he he actually, um, he got in as an assistant with the Jets. Okay. uh, Justice Gallick. um, Yep. And it, it kind of turned into a situation where the guys were starting to see how much he knew yep. and how much he could help them. Yep. So the guys kind of just kind of one by one started, you know, going and asking him for extra help and stuff. And he ended up getting the, the head job and he's been there ever since. And he's been through like, I want to say three, four head coaches. Yeah. It's been so changing. He's doing yeah. a really good job. Yeah. Obviously, because usually they come in there and clean house and bring their own, you yeah. know, and that's, that's it. Um, what about when you were in Buffalo, um, and obviously Olympic athletes? Um, how was that for you? I mean, that had to be a pretty interesting thing. Obviously, you had a winning record there. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it, it was really cool. Um, so I kind of I got out of undergrad. Yep. And we were living kind of back home. It was very rural. 
Mm-hmm. And it was like, if I was going to coach, it wasn't going to happen down there. Correct. Um, so luckily my wife was like, okay, we'll go to Buffalo and I can do my masters. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew, uh, Cheyenne Petrie was at UB at the time who was associated with elite a little bit. Okay. Okay. You know, so I had been reading elite from the time I was in college I was okay. on the site all the time. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, learning, um, so I'm like, well, let's go to Buffalo and I'll, I'll at least have a shot, you know, maybe, maybe something at UB, maybe something with the bills or the state, like I'll have a few options to hopefully get my foot in the door somewhere, you know? So, so we moved up, I did my grad work. Um, yep. and then I was actually set to do my final internship for my graduate work, um, at UB with the football team with Cheyenne, who I kind of had heard of, and I knew he was a good coach and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And two weeks before I was going to start, um, my supervisor said, well, Cheyenne's leaving. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not, we're not yeah. sure Ouch. who our head guy's going to be, you know? Yep. So it was kind of like, shit, we moved to Buffalo and did all this stuff, and now this guy, yeah, you know, I was trying to link up off. with, he's out. Yep. And uh, well, it ended up working out because a couple weeks later, um, Buddy Morris came in as the head guy. Okay who had been on elite as coach X for years. And I, you know, was a huge follower of, Mm -hmm. so it actually, I kind of went from, Oh shit to perfect situation. Yeah. Um, and then like, we also had Julia Laduski there at the time who was on elite also. And then, um, buddy brought in Paul Childress, who was a world record holder in a WPO for years. He was actually hired at UB about the same time I was. Okay. So, and then, we had another assistant who played at Boise State who had Joe Kent as his strength coach in college. So at this little shitty college, we had this, like, all-star lineup Elite of, staff, of yeah. coaches yeah. that I was lucky enough to go in and learn from. So it was a really good situation. And then I uh, hung around for quite a while. It was our 10 years. Yeah, I saw um, that. Yep. And then uh, our last our last couple of years, we really started to have – some, some some success and i knew like i knew coming out of college there was something to the conjugate method yep, yep you know i knew it could work but i really didn't i hadn't tested it or anything so as i'm going through and coaching like early on what was really cool like we started to get kids doing things athletically that they shouldn't be doing <laughs> yep. you know what i mean yeah and, like, injury rates started coming down and yep so at that point i'm like there's definitely something like something's going on at some point all this stuff is not just coincidence no not at all not at all so uh so that's kind of how it went and uh you know went real well i was lucky enough to be there for 10 years so what do you think um in in everything you've been around i mean um well i'll ask you a couple things um because this comes up a lot squat or deadlift which do you think is the um better of the two if you think there are because i know we'll get this that and the other thing but if you had to pull one and that was going to be it for your lifetime would it be a squat or a deadlift i can only pick one only one (laughs) i'm going to make it hard on you i do this to everybody because everybody comes in here and they're like well some guys like doing it you know yeah you know we you're gonna love this um Mark Haydock is brutal. He's from Scotland. He's a stone lifter, okay, among everything else. He's just uh, – un- uh, he w- he's going to – he's working on right now, and I think he's ready. He's going to walk the Denny stones like Donald Denny did, which is almost impossible to do si- on the sides, all right? Mm-hmm. And this has been a big debate on this show with a lot of stuff because a lot of uh, – Mark is a big guy with a trap bar deadlift. And he pulls, I think, like 835 or 840 with the trap bar. And a lot of people say, well, you know, it doesn't really go back to an Olympic bar, power bar, whatever you're going to use. And he's like, it doesn't. But he says, I can still pull like 825 with an Olympic bar. So I guess it all depends. See, now, I don't do a lot of straight stuff because I want to keep that bicep I do more supination now with everything, okay? So uh-huh. I use a trap bar. It hasn't hurt me with stones or in any way. But if you had to pick one, I mean, you could say the trap bar, but that probably would be something you wouldn't say. What right. what, what would you What would you do? What, what would I'm, I'm going to squat, and I'm oh, going to box I love squat it. if I can. Yep. Okay, that's fine. That's um, absolutely fine. And the only, the only reason I wouldn't, like, deadlift is a great exercise, but I think if I'm doing it heavy all the time, it's going to – it's going to get my low back. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I, th- I think it's going to tax. If that's the only one I got, I, th- I think over time it's going to wear on me. Um, 
I also, I, I'll tell you why my preference is with the squat. And, you know, good, bad, whatever that people think. I just like the feeling of something heavy on top of me. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it, 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 and nothing against a deadlift because, I mean, it's heavy, you're pulling off the ground. But the squat always has more, it has more ignition in my brain, it seems like, when I want to get under a squat. Because yeah. I get, I guess, you know what it is? I think it's the idea is like, God damn, man, I don't want to get pinned and have to dump it off me or whatever. You know, it's more, it's more of a factor of that. It's like, oh shit, I don't want this thing to drive me to the floor and not come up. So yeah, I think that's one of the main things, but it's very interesting, especially now. I know a lot of the guys are getting more and more into the diamond bar, obviously the trap bar, mm-hmm. um, and and they go like that, but it, it, it it's whatever it is you like. That's a great thing. Um, not and one of the other things I wanted to ask you too. Where's co- you know we see coaching all over the world now, and it and my brother in law is a you know he's a varsity football coach here at Gilderland. It's a big suburban school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not going to speak directly what he said to me because uh, I don't want to get him in any trouble with anybody but um things have changed even at the high school level I mean I see what they're doing how they've implemented you know I've I've done some stuff with them with strongman um obviously you got to be very careful because you know with our litigious society God help a kid if he grabs a stone and it hits his leg well the school is in trouble all right but yeah, right. To, to make make the long short is this because I go to these games. I can't even go to them anymore. Um, the, the, the parents are worse than the kids out on the field. I mean, it's insane. I mean, I've seen fights break out, literally. Um, but but he, he, get, uh, he gets an awful lot of, um, <laughs> how do I want to put it, uh, parental feedback that I wouldn't say it's always of the most positive sort. And they all – I get the feeling that – a lot of these parents that probably have never played a down of anything all think that their kids are going to be Division One football players. And it does create a tough atmosphere, I do believe, for the coaching staff. What's your feeling on coaching? I mean, you're at the pro level. I see what's going on. I, I'll admit to you, I don't watch sports like I used to. I don't know – I don't enjoy a lot of it anymore. I'd rather watch when you can find it on CBS, the real, real old world's strongest man when, when they used to bend things and, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, but what's your feeling right now in, in the world of sports? Where is it going? Um, is, I know it's gotten more positive in some ways, but I do think that there are a lot of drawbacks now the way it, it's done. What, what is your feeling on that? Uh, it's just, it's, it's changing, you know, a lot of it stems from, from there's so much money involved. I was going to say, yep. You know, yep. we're like yep. some of the college stuff that's going on right now, you know? Yeah. Yes. The athletic director is supposed to be the boss, but no. these coaches are making so much money yep. and, you know, pull so much money into the school that that's not at all how it goes. Mm-hmm. And you, and then the problem there is we're getting... And the same with these parents or your brother's games and stuff. Yeah. Yep. We have all these people that think they're experts in areas yep. they have no clue, clue about. Yep. You know, so like that kid at Maryland died or whatever. And I, I yeah. don't know any of the specifics. Yep. But we've had a few kids die over the past few years. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a friend about this the other day. I'll guarantee if the strength coach was allowed to do their job. Yeah. And not, not try to impress a head coach or, and do what they felt was best practice. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you at least one or two kids wouldn't have died over the past few years. I, I, no argument from me. I, I think you know. that, well, I'll tell you this, and I didn't mean to interrupt. I'll, I'll tell you something that I've noticed too. Um, of course, being a New Yorker, I, I've always liked the Yankees. Um, I, I don't have a lot of time to watch a lot of stuff, and I'm not really um, into it like I used to be. But I've I've watched them this year. Obviously, they've had a lot of injuries. But I, I I was never an Aaron Boone fan, and I and the more you're hearing now is that Brian Cashman wasn't a big fan of Girardi's because he didn't play ball with him nice. But Girardi, in my opinion, I didn't like everything he did. But I think the players had um, – I don't know if it was a fear or maybe a, a higher-end respect. I don't know because I wasn't there. But 
David Ortiz wrote um, a really good article recently, and obviously people will be like, well, he plays for Boston. I said, I don't really care. Um, he did, and he was a great player regardless. Um, he wrote about all this stuff with analytics, and this reminds me of what we just spoke about. And this stuff, I think, is like he said, I agree with him. It's going to kill Major League Baseball, and I'll tell you why. Maybe it works in some ways. But it's taking the coach right out of the game pretty much. I mean, you have Cashman and his staff sending stuff down to the dugout telling you how to manage your players, all right? I couldn't be a manager like that. And secondly, a thing that's very disturbing is I don't know how much you watch baseball, but nobody plays small ball anymore. Nobody knows how to bunt anymore, you know, the whole thing. And I watched a Yankee game with Tampa Bay recently, and these guys ran two bunts, and they ended up scoring runs, okay? And then, th- and then thirdly, which is pretty bad, because of this analytics, I think it's really dumbed down even the players on the field because with this type of shifting and stuff, this is what the, what's coming out is you don't have to have elite players. They can come in and play these positions when you do all this stuff and get away with it. And then last but not least, as I said with the small ball, you're, you're getting this right from, you know, AAA or wherever. All they care about now is being able to hit the long ball. Well, we've not we've seen recently, just with the loss of a few people on New York, when the long ball isn't working or the pitching isn't working, they're not winning. And they yeah. went from being on top to a few games back to, I think, this morning, they're like nine and a half behind Boston. And unless Boston eats pavement, the Yankees are going to have no choice. They've got to win the wild card or not. And I think a lot of this is due to the same thing, you know, you faced, my brother-in-law is facing everything. It's like involvement from a lot of people. Maybe they have their heart in the right place, but they don't know jack about what they're talking about. Yeah. And yeah. And, and it hurts everybody. Yeah. You know, you know, as we say, everybody needs to get a trophy, right? Yeah, you're right. That's you're right. the whole thing, and that's the thing. Um, this this is now. I want to get into a little bit with elite here. Obviously, you followed them for a long time. Um, was this the next move for you? How did this all come about? Um, it was. Uh, so my in my last uh, year or so coaching, I was kind of starting to think about writing a book about how we were training and stuff, or get yep. like a manual out. Just yep. Because, like, to me, the conjugate system is pretty simple. Yep. Um, and I know it works really well, but I think a lot of people are afraid of it because of the powerlifting stigma or they think it's too complex. Or mm-hmm. So, anyways, I was kind of starting to think about a book, and um, I knew Matt Goodwin at Elite because when I redid our weight room, we went through Elite. Uh, right. Just because of the, like, I know their equipment's top-notch, top designed notch, by people yeah. who train. You know, not just somebody who sits behind a computer. Um, right. So I reached out to Matt and I asked him a question about trademarking mm-hmm. because I was thinking about my book and stuff. And uh, he goes, Dave's going to call you in about an hour. So I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's calling me. Yeah. Big time. Um, so, you know, and he kind of helped me out with some stuff. And he kind of mentioned, he said, you know, we've kind of been looking at you a little bit to be on staff or whatever, um, you know, kind of think about what you would like to do for us and how we could help you and throw a proposal together. And we'll see, you know, about, uh, getting you on with a coach's log or whatever. So yep. did that, got, uh, got sponsored. Um, that was in February. And, uh, previous to that, we had had a new athletic director come in a few months prior and basically I wasn't part of his vision moving forward, Yep. which in athletics happens, right. A new yeah, guy comes absolutely. in. So, a few months later, that ended at, at UB. Yep. Um, and I went down. We had an underground strength session at uh, Elite where a lot mm-hmm. of athletes come in. And so I told my wife, I'm like, I got to go down there and talk to people because I wasn't really sure what my next move was. You know? Sure, sure. Um, and uh, so Matt was there and he, he asked me, he goes, hey, we might have a spot opening up. Would you be interested? Mm-hmm. And, you know, without hesitation, I said, absolutely. Like, yeah. I didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> yep. So then I go, well, what is it? And he goes, well, I'm, we're thinking about getting, uh, you know, opening like a sales spot and expanding our sales department a little bit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's go. You know, because yeah. just with my past history with the company and my following and stuff, it was 
it was perfect, you know, and it's yeah. since then has worked out, you know, very well. So that's kind of, that was kind of the transition. Matt, yeah. uh, Matt swooped in with a Superman cape and <laughs> saved the day. Hey, that's all right. Yeah, but you know something? Think about it. You earned it. You yeah, know. And it, it's, it's funny. Like, you know, I kind of elite, and I talk about this when I go do seminars, elite was one of the top five reasons I was able to coach. Yeah. And then all the stuff I did coaching prepared me for what I'm doing now. So it's, you know. Pretty cool how, how stuff uh, works out. Yeah, it, it you know, that's what people, you know, it is. It, people don't realize that you don't know what's unfolding down the road. And stay, stay with what you're doing, you know. Keep con- in contact with the good people you know, you know, and just keep growing your network out more and more. The problem is a lot of people are just too prone to throw the towel in and give up. And yeah. we, we see this all over. You know, right now um, – Nate, one of the things I'm doing right now is, is as I say, you know, you're building yourself from the inside out, not from the outside in. And just some of the things I've done, the way you change your subconscious mind, the way that you approach life, the things you say to yourself, like when I talk about in the beginning, I am a winner, I am a champion, I am unstoppable. You know, people say to me, well, that stuff doesn't work. I was like, well, how do you know it doesn't work? Well, I I just know. I said, well, unless you're going to go out and implement it, and I don't use the word try, because that's one of the things with Fiorella Barbell Company, our branding says we don't try, we succeed. All right? Mm -hmm. And until you're going to go out and put your best foot forward and start learning visualization, learning how to speak to yourself. None of us are are 100% perfect. I'm not either. I don't say that. But it's far better to start implementing these thoughts and start writing down what you want, drawing up a five-year plan, a two-year plan. Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be with? Who's going to be your circle, et cetera, et cetera. These are the things that start working for you. And when you do that, you start bringing people into your life. I see that with what you were just talking about. You built, you built, you built, and suddenly this came about, and it fell into your lap. And here you are today. This is this is this isn't a coincidence. None of it is. And it's the same way with what I do and other people do. I do everything I can to encourage people to say, "Hey, look. Have you been sitting on the fence for ten years? You got a dream. You want to do it, but either." You know, most people, let's see, until you can get rid of fear and doubt, you're not going anywhere. And we use this show, this platform, to get people moving. No one's saying quit your daytime job yet. But go with the idea, within two to three years, you're going to be able to, and you're going to be well on your way. This is the stuff that I feel is pertinent and so important to anybody who really, really wants to go out and make a mark on the world, who wants to succeed. And I'll tell you this, I'm going to ask you this question because I feel obviously your health is number one. It's it's the most pertinent thing you can have, important. If you don't have your health, you're not going to do it. I know just from watching Jimmy wilt and eventually die. Um, but let me ask you this. How much do you think, because I know we, we touched upon this quite a bit in the beginning of the show. Do you feel that strength do you, let's put it this way. If you never got into the strength field, you never had a dad that pushed you, okay? You never had neighbors, friends that did it. Do you think we're – let's just forget about where you are. You're at elite now. You're where you want to be. You're doing well. Do you think you would have gotten this far if you never got into any type of physical culture? No. <laughs> uh, I, no, because, I, I, mean, yeah. I mean, there's so many factors just – not even for the specifics of my path, but yep. just handling everyday life. You know, my wife and I had this conversation the other day, like how much just training or going to the gym and she's just recently got into it a little more, how much it helps with like anxiety. And, you know, yeah. like, like with my shoulder, I was out of the gym for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Just like Joe Rogan talks about this a little bit. Like, yep we can't sit and have all this pent up energy. Like there has, like no wonder everyone's so crazy. Yeah. Because I agree. Because people don't go release energy on anything. No, like we just sit and stew and boil and then get stressed with work and then sit and go to bed and wake up and do the same thing again. Like, yep. You know, I, if I, if I wasn't training, I probably would have some, uh, bad habits other where, you know, Oh, without a doubt. Some, some self-destructive stuff, at least with the gym, I can go, 
do something somewhat healthy and self-destructive. Yeah. Well, you know. you know, you know something we always say back here. It's like it's people come back and be it sounds like people are being murdered back there, and literally, <laughs> it's so. It, but you know something, I said really, and I, metaphorically, I'm saying this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really the only place you can pretty much commit almost murder and get away with it, and that's yeah. what I love about it because I agree with you. Um, they probably would have put my ass away by now, for sure. Yeah. I, 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 I know what you mean with two weeks, or you got to, you know, sometimes you're forced into a week off. Um, I don't know what to do with my. I mean, yeah, I, I there's tons of business work to do and all that, and it all coincides together. But there's nothing like being out there in the heat of doing something, you know, whether it's a squat or a stone or a sandbag or a walk or a press overhead. Um, nothing, you know, other than having uh, someone that you really love, there's nothing that even touches it. And I don't even know if that is – I sometimes wonder, I said, um, I, I think lifting is my fa- – well, I'm going to say it boldly. It is my favorite thing in the world. I love my family, love my girlfriend. I love all that. But, boy, you say to me, well, you can go to this today or you can go outside and 20 below and train. You, you, you're gonna, you're not going to get to finish the sentence because I'm out the door. You know, that's the thing. So I know exactly where you're coming from. And it's, it's, um, it's the little things in life that, like, what we do. And I know it's not little in what we want to do with it, but it is the little things like that that not only are shapers – but they have so much to do with how you're going to excel in your personal life, your relationships. I said this on a show. I think Charlie Oliphant from Scotland was on. And we were talking a lot about how we feel weightlifters, physical culturists, the guys and girls that really understand it. And I don't mean this in a in a soft way, in a touchy-feely way. But the ones I feel that really get it or have relationships and good things – they're some of the most gentle souls that I've ever met. Now, you don't want to twist that tiger's tail either. But what yeah. I'm saying is they are very comfortable in their own skin where they don't have to walk around like they they, they got a stick up their ass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You see these guys with their lats flared and all. You don't have to do that. You can be relaxed. And I'm a big believer, too. When you're out in public, you know, a lot of the misconceptions out there about guys like us, girls out there, why not be an ambassador for a sport for the sport instead of an asshole? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, you know, we meet plenty of them, and it's like, you know something? You don't need another black eye with this stuff. It's like, go out, enjoy yourself. If people ask you things and they're on the up and up, as I say during the show, you'll see when we sign off. Five words can influence your life to the point you don't know where you're sending these people. You could be building the next power lifter, the next great stone lifter. Or how about this, an entrepreneur or just somebody that's a contributor to society in a positive way instead of saying, you hear this, I heard this last day afternoon from people. Uh, the world sucks. You know, uh, you can't do anything about it. Well, you don't have to go do anything about it. Be the best version of yourself and then go do something about it if you choose to. to yeah. Comment on any of that. Yeah, you're you're saying a lot of stuff that I like. Um, Dave kind of talked about you're saying influencing people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, kind of watch what you're doing. You know, like one little like you just said one little thing you say or do could mm-hmm. kind of change someone's path. And I've always mm-hmm. said, like I read his article back when I was in college. Now, had yeah. I not read that article. Like that kind of veered me off on a different path for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, don't, uh, you know, don't worry about changing the world. Just uh, right. do a good right. job. Yeah. Really, you know, keep keep just do a good job with the people you interact with. Yeah, you can make make a pretty big difference. You well, know? you know, you know, what was interesting, Nate, was this. I had I, I talk about him when we close the show off. Um, my college professor Frank Klein. This guy was a semi-pro football coach. So, you know, when you see myself and a couple other guys come in right away, you know, the look. So, you know, we found out about that. And right away we struck up a great friendship with him, went to a Giants game, all that. But, you know, what was really interesting is he used to say a lot of great things. 
And one of the things that I've never forgotten was the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) And there's a lot of validity to that because we want the whole pie at once. And you know what we like to do, where we like to go, where we got to achieve and conceive things. Um, It's not direct and it's not fast. And if you don't have... Well, let's let's put it very nicely. Most people don't have that, and I didn't always have that either. I was in a rush. You wanted to get it done. No, no, no. The best way to become great at something, and it will take you a lifetime, is to keep building upon it, keep succeeding at it. And when you get knocked down, you get up, and you get up, and you get up. And if you can't do that, but everybody has the capability of that, then you're in trouble. And this is why you and I and so many people are talking about these things. Because you know what, folks? You don't have to be a 1,000-pound squatter. You don't have to go and pick up a 418-pound Husafel stone and walk at 50 meters. For God's sakes, you know what you can do? Just get in shape. Learn how yeah. to use your body, huh? Learn how to think. Learn how to le- Look, it. my father was a Bostonian. They were all Italians from the North End. And, of course, the New England teams were his favorite teams. And before he passed away, I mean, one of his biggest uh, people he followed and and loved was the great Vince Lombardi of Green Bay Packers fame. And because of him, I've got any books or anything that I read over and over again. And, you know, Vince talks about confidence and courage among any things. But the big thing in my dad, I say this at the end of the show, be a leader, not a follower. Leadership is something all of us have to have to get to where we want to be, especially when the times are hard. Because I did a show on my own the other day called Cheerleader. And I believe this just from the things that I've been through in the last five years. You're going to lose family. You're going to lose friends. And you're going to have to have that thick skin where you got to be your biggest cheerleader to succeed. Because I will tell you all this, as you've heard me say, you're going to come to a point in your life where there's no going back to what you were doing before because you have passed that, you have surpassed that mentally. And I'm telling you right now, you can go out and try to do that. You'll be lucky if you last a day, all right? Because, and I'll go right to you, Um, I equate this almost to having a child. It's like, and I'm talking from people that really care. It's this is these are my two children, FBC and Eminem. I would no more walk out on them than I would give my child over to somebody. Mm-hmm. Never. I'd die for for all three of them. Yeah. Believe me when I tell you that. So comment on any of that. Um, why don't you give out obviously all the information, summarize anything. I will give out my info, hang on the line and uh, we'll talk offline if you'd like to, sir. Okay, cool. Um, I like, you know, but like you talked about hanging in there and sticking, where did you learn that? You learned that from training. Yeah. Without you know, how, how many people do you know yep. that don't train and something comes up in life and they hit the freak out button? <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. You, you hit, you, I think training will teach you that. that keep chipping away. Keep chipping yeah. away. It'll come. You know, you might not squat a thousand or whatever your first couple of meets out, but keep working at it. And, 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 you know, and I think sports in general too will help teach you that. Just Without a doubt. keep working at it and things will fall in place eventually, you know? Um, well, I think, I think too, you know, and, and I'll get right to you. You know, you get a coach like you, my brother-in-law, uh, you get a guy like Lombardi, you know, you listen to any of the guys that were on his team, every one of them was a success out in the field. Right. So think about that. Yeah, t- I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going, brother. No, no, you're good. And then I was, I've also been thinking about, you were talking about the visualization, visualization stuff. Sure. Like, I kind of joke around online and stuff or with people I talk. You've seen the movie The Matrix, right? Yeah, absolutely. I always, I always kind of joke like The Matrix is real. But I really, you're talking about this stuff, and I really believe that. Like, you can maybe not will things to happen, but you're, the way you think about things and the way you kind of go about your business can mm-hmm. absolutely influence how things are going to roll. Mm-hmm. And I, over the past couple of years, I've really started to see that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, let me tell you this quickly. I said, I was saying this the other day, I say it on almost every show. You know, it comes it comes right from Think and Grow Rich. 
and a lot and Earl Nightingale and things of that nature. What you think about most comes back to you whether you want it or not. So yeah. I tell people you can't be a hundred percent perfect in what you say to yourself and what you think, but be very careful of the words you use. Go ahead, brother. Take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point. It, it's because things I've seen and um, different people that I listen to talk kind of have touched mm-hmm. on that. So I've started mm-hmm. to kind of practice that a little more. And yep. It's funny, like holy shit, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this, or I try to envision this before I go to bed, you know, yep. type of thing. Yep. And a couple months later, things start fucking rolling. So it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, it is. It's very interesting. Crazy. What else you got, my friend? Uh, so. That's pretty much it. Um, right. If anybody needs to get a hold of me, equipment, training, seminars, um, probably emails the best, uh, nharvey at elitefts.net. And then, uh, like I said, I also got the uh, the social media stuff, um, Nate Harvey 2600. I, um, I, told, I told my brother-in-law about you, too, because I don't know. I mean, I know they bought some equipment last year, but um, – when I see him, I'll see what he says. You know, uh, hopefully we can send some stuff your way too. I don't yeah, know what cool. Gilderoo needs or not, but um, you know, it's always good to put it out there. And obviously, um, with the show today, and we get that up, uh, hopefully, uh, some people are going to be knocking on your door. You got awesome. you got everything out there, Nate? Yeah, yeah, I think that's okay. It. All right. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24/7. Don't forget to go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions Inc. That is our premier product to date. Um, also, too, um, invest in us, Prosperity Consciousness page on FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Obviously, $25, $50, and $100, that goes directly to PayPal, and we thank you in advance. Also, too, go out to MotivationMuscle.com. Uh, go out and look at all of our podcasts, um, slash category, slash podcast. Obviously, Nate's will be up Uh most likely tomorrow, if not Wednesday at the latest. So he will, he's with our family now. We'll have our first one, and I hope it will be many with him down the road. So you're going to have another new gentleman coming in here who's part of our family, and we'll check that out. Also, too, out on MotivationMuscle.com. Sign up for a free newsletter. Um, that goes right to my MailChimp account, and you'll get content on top of content when I put stuff out. Also, to another investment, come on in and advertise with us, because I'm telling you right now, you'll never have a better partner. And um, we will work with you forever. That's what we want to do, because, you know, we want to build currency here. We want to build currency for you. Um, and obviously, with all the projects coming up here, you know, you need money. That's why I'm outside working, um, because this is going to succeed one way or the other. And I have been around and around with it. Um, I'm going to find out more after the call with Nate. I've wanted a network, and we're waiting to hear what Blueberry's going to do, because we can run internally there. I've got possibly a live show. But it all depends on if they're going to have it done this year. But, you know, my feeling on that and the way we are going to grow this into a national radio show, I promise you that. Because if it doesn't, it's going to kill me either way. So, see, I'm not afraid to put my money where my mouth is either. This is the way it's going to be. There's no other way. As I said, there is no going back. That old life is gone. It was a great life, but it's gone. This is where we belong. This is where we're growing. So check all that out. Also, too, don't forget about our Facebook page, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. If someone, well, we'll do this first. If there's a show you'd like Nate and I to do, Fiorello Barbell at nightcap.r.com. Send me an email. We will get it up for you. Also, too, um, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. Um, We appreciate that, believe me. If you would like to get our show 24-7 in your car, go out to AHA Directory. It's pronounced AHA. That that is where you'll get us 24-7, and it's great to drive around. Also, you can get us, you know, app-wise and all that. We're doing so much more with all that, too. Um, Also, too, uh, let me think I want to hit next. Uh, Let me think here. If someone seeks you out in the concrete jungle, Never be afraid, same way in the gym, to give them five words to inspire. Five words can change your life. You just heard us talking about it. You never know what you're saying to someone 
that could make all the difference. So keep it on a positive tone. It's much better. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile. You never know what people are going through. And I'm telling you right now, if you observe and you meet people out in public the way I do, and it doesn't matter whether I know them or not because I love talking to people, watch how many people, if they're not staring at their phone, are looking down. I learned as a young kid in martial arts two things. When you walk, never look down and never have things in your ears. You can become a victim very easily. Remember that. Also, too, um, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, um, if you're going, you know, if you're going to take stones, turn them into dust. And it's a great Hoose of Steel Crusher says in blood red domination. We are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I hear your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It's more like a tidal wave that's going up story after story. Picture a big building, and it's getting higher and higher and higher. That's what it's all about. Also, to Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever. He'd walk every patient to the door and say, keep smiling. Say that. On your worst day, best day, you will see a shift through your mind mentally that you've never seen before. So keep smiling. Be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door in. We'll blow the roof off your house. Be part of our family for the next 30 years. You need us, and we need you. And as Les Brown says, you all have greatness in you, but we take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And I don't know how many people would even say something like that in today's world. And before I sign off with Nate, I'm going to read this short poem by Steve Jack, the late Steve Jack and the late Peter Martin of Stones and Strength is the book, and it's on the inverse stone. Rest while you can, enjoy each night you sleep in the mud. Cherish the blanket of highland grass that until now has kept you warm and safe. For in a couple of moons I'll be calling Steve Jack. If it wasn't for Steve Jack, I never would have touched a stone in my life, I'm sure of it. That documentary he did when he went to Iceland and lifted the Husafell stone and was successful with it in 1994, I believe, launched stones right off the get-go. They were always around. People were doing them. But I believe he was so instrumental in where we are today. And I thank Steve. And rest in peace, my friend, you and Peter Martin. Nate. What an honor, brother. Uh, interesting show. I hope you'll come back and join us, and welcome to the family, my friend. Appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll definitely be back. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. All right. So for Nate Harvey, this is Eric Fiorello. Remember this. Go out and do something special today. And remember this, too. Life is asking something from you. It's not the other way around. You all came into this world winners, champions, and unstoppable. You were never a loser. Don't let anybody tell you that. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you this afternoon. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.